Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here we go, Draft Mix. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of Draft Nation's podcast. My name is Joe 412, and I will be your host as always for the next 30 minutes. Before we begin, I want to thank our sponsor, iHeartMedia, where you can find all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all for free, all the time. And for those of you who have not listened to our show in the past, Draft Nation is a national e-magazine. And as the name denotes, we are hyper-focused on four things, and that's all four major sports and their professional drafts. So if you like talking about aspects of player scouting, uh, mock drafts that you read about on a weekly basis these days, free agency for your favorite teams, even some of the salary cap provisions are your favorite teams, and of course, their needs for the upcoming drafts uh, for your favorite teams, this is the place to be. And with me tonight, I have Jack Guiley from Blue Stable. So we're going to be talking a little bit about Colts football uh, and Blue Stables, an e-magazine that covers the Indianapolis Colts, among some other things. And Jack, welcome to Draft Nation. And are, and are you ready to go on the clock? I am ready to go on the clock and uh, very excited to be here. Uh, thanks again for having me. And uh, I cannot wait to get started, Joe. Sure, man. Well, tell everybody a little bit of, uh, about Blue Stable and what you guys do. Yeah, of course. So the Blue Stable uh, is a, a website primarily covering the Indianapolis Colts. We cover all aspects. Um, of the Colts, you know, game to game, uh, but also the macro view, looking at, uh, you know, who the Colts may draft, looking ahead to free agency. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the writers, a part of the Blue Stable. Um, and then a little bit about me personally, um, I am a uh, uh, DePaul student athlete um, who plays football there. Um, and then I major uh, in economics. So it's a little bit about me, uh, but I've always had a passion for the Colts. Uh, my first memory of them was watching 2006 Super Bowl at age four. So it, it goes all the way back for me uh, about as long as I can remember. 
Oh, hey, that's where fandom starts, man. I was the same way with the Steelers. And so I bleed black and gold. You bleed blue and white. So I, I get it. So let's just dive right in, man. Let's talk about the Colts season. I mean, I think everybody pegged the Colts as in a rebuilding year, if not a rebuilding process that may take several years. Uh, and last year, they had the fourth overall pick and spent it on Anthony Richardson. But more importantly, I think what the organization did is they went out and got Shane Steichen, uh, and he may end up being coach of the year uh, the way that the, the season has gone. At least his name has been bandied about uh, for that title. Uh, what are your thoughts on how the season's gone? Was it what you expected? Was it not what you expected? And what do you think of, of Coach Steichen's first season? Yeah, well, it's really interesting. I think a lot of Colts fans are surprised that, you know, where we are here, we go in week 18, a win, you're in the scenario uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, a lot of us at the beginning of the season, we thought, hey, you know, we're going to be maybe in range to get Marvin Harrison Jr. to give Anthony Richardson a running mate. Uh, however, that is not what happened. And, you know, Anthony Richardson hasn't even played very much. Uh, obviously, we have Gardner Minshew uh, quarterbacking for us. And, you know, uh, Shane Steichen, he's, you know, I think this game coming up, uh, against the Texans, uh, it'll be him versus uh, D'Amico Ryan. You know, whoever wins this game, you know, very well could win Coach of the Year. So, uh, you know, we're very excited uh, just to be able to be in this conversation, to to be in this position. I think it speaks a lot to uh, how the roster really underperformed last year with all of the turmoil uh, with Jeff Saturday's tenure and the end of Frank Reich's tenure uh, as head coach. And so uh, Shane Steichen's obviously righted the ship. Uh, for Indianapolis, and this roster has a lot of young talent on it. Uh, and, you know, we don't even have our number four overall pick quarterback in there right now, and our backup is, uh, you know, got us one win away uh, from getting in the big dance, and that's all you can ask for. So uh, Indianapolis is, is looking up for years to come at this point. Yeah, you, you said – you touched on a few things there that I think are of interest. I mean, turmoil was one of them. If you, if you, you can just rewind the clock three, four months. I mean, you had the Jonathan Taylor drama uh, with the front office. You had the Shaq Leonard stuff that was going on. You, you, your first round fourth overall pick gets injured uh, and is gone for the, for the year. And uh, you know, it, but you know, steady as she goes, I mean, coach Steichen, Steichen and, and front office has seemed to have, uh, have kept everything uh, on, on par and, and given the Colts a chance to get into the playoffs. So when you get there, as we've seen over the last couple of seasons, anything could happen. It's not always the favorites to win. But uh, let's talk about because you mentioned Richardson at the top, and I want to get back to that. The Colts had a pretty interesting draft. Uh, Richardson was the third quarterback off of the board, but he was the fourth player uh, chosen. Uh, so he was well thought of. And when, when we were both at the Combine last year, I mean, Richardson, was, he was just jumping out of the gym. I mean, there wasn't anything this guy wasn't going to do at the top of any any exercise, mental or physical. He had an arm uh, that was impressive. I, I think people questioned his accuracy. And, of course, they questioned his level of experience. But in the limited time that you've seen him perform as a Colt, what's your, what's your impression of Anthony Richardson, and do you think he's the guy that can lead this team to the next Super Bowl? Yeah, well, I think the impression of Anthony Richardson coming out last year before he was drafted was that this is a very raw quarterback. He hasn't played a whole lot in college football. I believe only uh, 13 starts uh, between, you know, 13 starts in high school. So that's all the experience he has between, you know, playing high school football to the pros. Uh, but what we saw from Anthony Richardson was very promising. Uh, his pairing with head coach Zane Steichen uh, was something that uh, Colts fans were really excited about. And I think we kind of got to see glimpses at least. He only took, you know, 
uh, you know, 100-some snaps. But what we saw was very promising. We saw the dual threat ability of Anthony Richards and his ability to get the ball down the field to weapons and playmakers. Uh, one of the biggest plays that I think Colts fans will be salivating about throughout the offseason uh, is that play in the Rams game when Anthony Richardson actually willed that team back um, against another team that will possibly be in the playoffs. I think they actually clinched this week, the Rams. Uh, but Aaron Donald was hanging on Anthony Richardson, one of the greatest defensive players of our generation. And Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, wrapped up by Aaron Donald, threw the ball down the field probably 40 or 50 yards uh, to a receiver. I believe it was Alec Pierce, and we had a completion. And that was just, you know, this guy, he's 21 years old, um, and he he's just scratching the surface of what he can be. Um, and, you know, the sky is, is really the limit with this, uh, with this player. And, uh, you know, we just hope that recovery goes well with his shoulder um, and that uh, Chris Ballard decides to uh, – you know, get some weapons for him this offseason. And uh, if he does that, this Colts offense could be really fun to watch for the next decade plus with Richardson at the helm. Well, you, you know, you uh, you had a pretty deep draft uh, as far as it goes. The two, I think two other intriguing guys before we move on to your the Colts needs, and we'll get back to the wide receiver question in a minute, because uh, it's obviously not going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. now, uh, <laughs> as I think many, many in Indy hope. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you, you brought home a hometown kid in, in Julius Brents, uh, who has, has played well for rookie, uh, of course, uh, and what he's done. I think everyone was, was happy to see him come home and, uh, and, and join the team there. And I think the other intriguing prospect uh, was Josh Downs. And his season's been up and down. Uh, I, I think that if you're a fantasy football person, you like them some weeks, you hate him the others. But, you know, first-year receivers often struggle to grasp the game. And he was always a speed guy. He was always sort of a one, one-trick one pony in, in, at UNC. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's shown flashes of promise. Uh, talk a little bit about Brent's. Talk a little bit about Downs and what your impression is from what you've seen so far and where you think these guys can go. Yeah. So Julius Brent, I think he is the prototypical Chris Ballard corner. Chris Ballard likes these long, lanky athletes that will come up and hit you. Um, and we saw him take three of uh, those type of cornerbacks this year in the draft. But Brent has been uh, the best one so far. Uh, you know, Jalen Jones, our seventh-round draft pick, has been really good as well, honestly, uh, for the expectations of center draft pick. But Brent has been uh, fabulous. I think, uh, again, he's been – performing really well. We've seen him ha draw tough matchups week after week between DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, he missed a little time uh, there in the middle of the season, but also going up against Hopkins and, and you know, even just this past week with Devontae Adams, uh, you know, he continues to hold his own. Uh, and I, I think he can be a long-term staple there on the outside for the Colts. Um, and in terms of Josh Downs, I think uh, what Indianapolis found there, uh, and at a risk of sounding at homerism, like all of these picks are not uh, home runs. Uh, but these first three are looking really good so far. So Josh Downs looks like what the Colts uh, could, ha or could have found in their uh, future slot receiver. Uh, he is extremely shifty. Um, he is a threat down the field, but a lot of what he does is the short area quickness in his game, and he wins a lot in there in option routes, um, you know, wins a lot of slants. Um, and then he has that ability to make a few guys miss and, and get first downs, especially when it's not there. Um, or it doesn't look like it's going to be there. So he kind of pulls a rabbit out of the hat a lot of times. So Josh Downs has also been a great surprise. He's the second leading receiver on the team this year um, behind, obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. So Downs has been a, a great find and a great surprise and a guy that I think went a little bit later uh, in last year's draft than a lot of us expected. Uh, and uh, props to Reggie Wayne. He was one of the main guys that uh, kind of brought Downs into Chris Ballard's purview, to say. Um, 
and uh, Ballard pulled the trigger. And Downs, I think, will be one of, uh, you know, Indy's top receivers here for Anthony Richardson. Well, you know, in scout speak, they, they call that ability twitchiness, right? So, yeah. you know, it, a guy that can just explode in, in the, that short area burst uh, and is sudden. And, and Josh Downs, I think, uh, you know, defines that in many respects. And you're right. I mean, uh, there were some mock drafts in the beginning and middle parts of the year and even after the combine that had Downs as a potential first round guy. And so mm-hmm. in many respects, you can look at that as a steal and say, look how far down we got this guy. Uh, and he could be your ex for the next 10 years. I mean, this is a guy that, like you said, can, can play the slot. And you, But I find it curious. You, you thought both those guys, both Downs and Brents, played well. But when we were talking off the air, you mentioned the fact that you thought that the Colts might still dip into a 2024 draft and look for both receivers and a potential corner higher up. Now they're drafting, you know, in the lower third of the first round, uh, you know, as a result of the the season that they've had. But do you, do you think they still go receiver? Do you think they go corner? Is it going to be, a, you know, a receiver in one, a corner in two, or, uh, you know, do you, or, or is there something I'm missing? I mean, what else would you see them for taking here in, coming, in the coming April uh, draft? Yeah, so here on January 2nd, there's still a wide range of possibilities. Uh, we all like to come up with our favorite scenarios. Uh, right now, I think one of the, the top things that needs to be on Chris Ballard's mind is uh, weapon getting weapons for Anthony Richardson. Uh, the Colts have a pretty good foundation of offensive line, and so uh, I think the next step is looking, how can I get my uh, franchise quarterback uh, the best receivers around him or the best weapons? Um, you know, he's already got Jonathan Taylor, and he, uh, Colts fans got to see those guys on the on the field for, you know, three or four snaps together, and that was all. And we were all dreaming about, salivating about the dual threat ability that both of those uh, guys would have once they were on the on the field together. Um, but, you know, we have Michael Pittman Jr. He's due for a large extension this offseason. I think the Colts get that done. So you look at that, and you've got Michael Pittman Jr., and then you've got Josh Downs. Uh, the third guy in that group would obviously be Alec Pierce. Now, Pierce has, was labeled as a deep threat coming out. We saw him he, every once every, like, three or four weeks, he'll have a big catch down the field. Um, and, you know, a lot of people in uh, on Colts Twitter or a lot of Colts fans have noticed that Gardner Minshew isn't really pushing the ball down the field to Alex Pierce. Um, and so he's open a lot more than it seems, but, you know, we just can't get the ball down there. I think if Alex Pierce is going to run as many go routes as he does, if he's going to run a lot of deep routes, that is a great, uh, you know, kind of – uh, of field or that's that's a very good asset to have in a number four wide receiver um and i don't really know if he will ever be able to develop the uh the necessities to be a number two receiver so that's where i think the colts could invest in wide receiver early um but you know they also uh would need to build up the depth in the corner room uh we talked about juju brent um alongside you know uh jalen jones uh, and then, obviously, you've got Kenny Moore in there who needs to be re-signed. Um, and then Dallas Flowers is going to be coming off an Achilles injury. Um, but I think adding another body to that room will be something they look to do uh, pretty early. Well, let's shift our attention to this year. And we, we, we do. I know we do a lot of forward thinking when we're talking about drafts. Uh, but the, what the, the surprise year that the Colts have had really put them in an interesting position uh, for, the, for the playoff run here. They can be in or they could be out, right? This is a, basically a, the last two weeks have been playoff games for them. Uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, and then if they get, if they win again, they still have the playoffs to look forward to. 
Uh, is this a team that's a one and done regardless of what they do, or is this a team that can make a serious run? Yeah, so um, I the Colts have been really inconsistent, to be completely honest, from week to week. Um, I think a lot of fans would agree, um, fans that try to take off the rose-colored glasses, this is probably, at the end of the day, a very average team that has been uh, kind of taking advantage of a, a middling schedule, uh, to put it lightly. Um, and so while I do think they can get into the playoffs and be feisty, um, if they were to play a team like the Dolphins um, in the first round, you know, the Dolphins have kind of been known – uh, and kind of laughed at throughout NFL circles this year because they can't, can't beat teams with winning records. Well, the Colts are going to have a winning record, um, and I think they could put up a good fight against the Dolphins. But the issue is is that uh, the Colts have a very young secondary, and that's where the Dolphins excel. And so if they were to play the, the Bills or the Dolphins, I just uh, find it hard to believe that this team can, you know, make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, do I think they'll get blown out by whoever they play in the, in the first round? No. Uh, but I find it very hard to believe that this team uh, can, you know, stack wins in the playoffs. So I, I wouldn't get my hopes up too high, although um, there's always a chance. All you want to do is you want a chance at the dance. And so uh, the Colts have put themselves in a position to basically be there as long as they can beat the Texans this week at home. And so uh, anything can happen. And uh, that's what I think Colts fans are banking on. You know, looking at um, this past season of college football, there's plenty of players that could help the Colts. Um, it put on, you know, you're Chris Ballard for a day, uh, you're Shane Steichen for a day on draft day, uh, and you have this chance uh, to improve your team positionally. And I know we talked about the corners and the, and the wide receivers, presuming that Marvin Harrison is long gone uh, and that, you know, Roma Dunze from Washington is, is long gone. The wide receiver draft this year is pretty deep. And the corners, although there, there isn't one, uh, you know, unless you're taking McKinstry out of it from Alabama, uh, he might be the only one that might just be the cream of the crop, rise to the top kind of guy. Um, are there any – is there a player or two that you think will be in range for the Colts? So when I say that, it doesn't have to fall to them. They might be able to trade up and get it. Is there a guy that you've seen – play this year in college that you think will be there when the Colts are drafting it at 18, at 21, at 22, uh, or in a position where they can move up, you know, affordably and get the guy? Do you think there's, is there someone out there you've got your eye on that you would pull the trigger on? Yeah. So one of my favorite guys uh, so far while studying this wide receiver class um, and he's going to be my wide receiver four after the big three at the end of the day. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the big three that I think are kind of separating themselves from the rest of this wide receiver class, that'd be Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and then Roma Dunze. Um, and so I think Marvin Harrison's probably going to be at the top there, and then teams might have their preference between a Dunze and Neighbors. But the guy right after that that I think uh, will continue to rise up boards here, if he declares he's a, he's a junior for LSU, that it would be Brian Thomas Jr., Neighbors' running mate. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr. is a little bit bigger than the league neighbors, about 6'3", uh, 215 in that range. We'll see where he comes in um, at his pro day or the combine. Uh, but the one thing I really like about Brian Thomas Jr. is his release. He gets a lot of separation for a big guy, and he wins deep. And I think that's something that when wide receivers succeed in the NFL, uh, you know, watching receivers over the past three to four years going from college to the program, where they succeed the most, is when they can get good separation. And I've seen Brian Thomas Jr. do that against 
the best cornerbacks in the SEC, whether it be Kool-Aid McKinstry or Terry Arnold from Alabama. And he goes up against those guys in man-to-man coverage, and he beats them with great releases, you know, whether it's a star release or a diamond release or a stutter. He's, he's changing up his releases. He's getting open, and then he's winning deep because he has a ton of speed. And so this is a guy that I think, while right now he does win a lot of his routes, uh, deep down the field. I think he has the ability because of his uh, releases and how shifty he is. He's a very good lateral mover to become a threat, kind of like Michael Pittman uh, in the intermediate uh, in shallow parts of the field. And if you have a player that can be a threat on all three of those levels of the field, you can have a true alpha receiver. And I think potentially Brian Thomas Jr., has that. I see a lot of C.D. Lamb in his game coming out of Oklahoma a couple of years ago. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be C.D. Lamb right off the bat, but I think that if Brian Thomas Jr. were to reach his ceiling, he would be the type of receiver that C.D. Lamb is. You know, that's a great point. Uh, you know, LSU has been wide receiver U for the last decade. I mean, going back to even, we want to go back to OBJ, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I mean, you you can go on and on. And I think Neighbors and Thomas are just the next two uh, to names to add to that list. And it's it's hard in the same way. Adunze, he's got three guys that that uh, Penix has been throwing to up there. And it's hard, with the exception of the fact that we all know Adunze is the one there. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's hard sometimes when you evaluate these guys just by looking at the stat sheet because, you know, they're oftentimes getting thrown to because the other guy's double teamed or special attention is being paid to them. And so they, in the pros, they may not get that. But I think your, your analysis on this, on, on Thomas is right on. Here's a guy that can get separation. Here's a guy that's got multiple moves. There's a guy uh, that's a good combat catcher. Here's a guy that can make an impact and would be doing this on his own if only neighbors wasn't on the other side of the field. You're right. He's a guy that would be just, just fine doing. And I think CD Lamb uh, is a really interesting comparison. Uh, I think I think Thomas might be a little bit bigger, a little bit more length uh, to him. I'd have to check stats. It's been a while for me to look a little bit, but I think that kind of impact guy, alongside a re-signed Pittman, alongside you know uh, a Josh Downs and 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 Alec Pierce, could really really solidify that wide receiver room for the Colts. I'm glad you kind of. You, you kind of said that and went in that direction. And you're right. I mean, he plays against the, that SEC talent, whether it's, you know, it's it's Lasseter at, at, at Georgia or McKinstry and, and Terry and Arnold. You, 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 you nailed it, man. I mean, the guy, he comes to play, uh, and he's one of those guys. He's not flying under the radar. Everybody knows who he is. But he is yeah. a, a first-round guy. Uh, and, you know, and if he slides to the Colts, I hope for your sake, he doesn't go by them, man. That's, that's great. Well, but look, we're coming to the end of the show here, man. And every week I do this with my guests. I run them through a quick uh, lightning round. So we're going to have fun. I'm going to ask you some quick questions. I'll start off with some easy ones, throw you a couple of softballs so you can get the feel for it, and then I'll throw you some curveballs later on and see how you hit those. So are you ready to dive into the lightning round? Uh, I'm as ready as I could be, I guess, ready to see what we got here. All right, all right. We'll start. We'll start out with a, a real softball for you, man. Prediction for NFL Rookie of the Year is 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 it Stroud in a, in a runaway, or is there or is there someone else that can come up and steal this? You know, I think it's such a quarterback award that it'll go to Stroud. Although I think Puka Nakua is making a, a pretty good case for it. Uh, what we see him do week in and week out, I think. But I think Stroud's going to end up doing it. Especially, uh, he'll lock it up this week if they do beat the Colts at home or at, at Lucas Oil. Uh, but you know, I hope I hope he doesn't. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, you're very selfishly. You, you hope he, uh, he bows out gracefully and just plays the rookie card. So, um, yeah. so another, this was a weird one. This isn't a curveball necessarily, but this is a, this is a forkball. Uh, your favorite team mascot of any sport. Oh, wow. Um, here's one uh, that I, I remember from a, a few years ago. Uh, maybe the UC Santa Barbara banana slugs. Uh, that's one of the oh ones that I've always heard about. Uh, and uh, every, no one thinks that one's real, but uh, I think you can look that up and see that there is a banana slugs uh, mascot. I don't, it might not be Santa Barbara, but it's one of those California schools. <laughs> well, look, I mean, Stanford has a tree for the love of God. So, I mean, I guess you could have a banana slug. I don't think the name banana or slug should be used in football unless you're talking about a sluggo. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, that's a slant and go. Uh, and, but, you know, I, I'll give you the banana slugs because I think that's an interesting pick. So we'll, 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 we'll hang that, that one for you. Your favorite football Go ahead. You see Santa what? Cruz or the banana slugs, not Santa Barbara. There you go. Santa Cruz. I mean, with all due respect to our friends in Santa Barbara, it's Santa Cruz. We know. We know. We didn't want to upset anybody that's listening from me. Of course. Um, so, Jack, your favorite football highlight of all time. doesn't have to be a Colts one. It could be anything. It could be the catch. It could be the immaculate reception. What, what's your favorite football highlight of all time? Oh, uh, well, I am a Colts fan through and through, so I'll have to say when Andrew Luck picked up that fumble on the goal line against the Chiefs in the 2013 wildcard game, uh, that that was probably the height of my, my young fandom, and uh, that was to cap off a huge comeback there in a game that I had – left them for dead. And so that was kind of the, the kickstarter of all of that. So I would say uh, that's my favorite one. <laughs> all right. That sounds fair. Mine, uh, you know, isn't so it, like, I got to be honest my mine, you know, uh, obviously a Pittsburgh guy, the immaculate reception is hard to beat, but San Antonio mm-hmm. Holmes, I'm sorry, San Antonio, listen to me, San Antonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone in the Super Bowl with that laser throw by, by Roethlisberger catching that two feet down to beat the Cardinals is is a hard one for me uh, to overlook too. So I think they're one in one a, I mean, obviously way too young to see and remember the immaculate reception, although everybody in Pittsburgh, no matter age believes that they were there for it. Uh, but here, you know, mine, the one I was alive for that I saw that I could, that I could claim as, as my generation was, was Roethlisberger to Holmes in the last minute of that yeah. game, uh, you know, for, to beat the Cardinals. So, um, all right. Here's here's the curveball. So you're a kid again, uh, and you're, you, one NFL player is running off the field, and he hands you his jersey, a la Mean Joe Green style from the old Coca-Cola commercial. Who would you want that jersey to be and why? Oh, wow. Um, I'll have to go with uh, one, of, one of my favorite players growing up was uh, Marvin Harrison. And it, it's funny seeing his son come out now, but I, I loved Marvin Harrison. I won't go with the cliche Peyton Manning answer, uh, but, you know, Marvin Harrison was a great player for a long time um, in Indianapolis and a Hall of Famer and one of the guys I grew up idolizing. So I'll, I'll go with Marvin Harrison. There you go. There you go. Final question in the lightning round for you, my friend. You have a magical locker. Uh, in your locker room, and you can go back in time to watch any sports game, any sports game, doesn't have to be football, uh, anywhere from the bench. What game do you go back to and why? Oh, wow. Uh, we'll go with the uh, the 1958 NFL championship where the uh, Baltimore Colts won in the greatest game of all time. Uh, 
So that was a uh, a classic that uh, everyone always talks about. Uh, and, you know, I, I'd love to go go back and watch that game. Well, you and I, neither of us were there for that by a long shot. But I will say that that was the game reportedly that put the NFL into the stardom that it is now. It was the launch of that, the, the, the TV, uh, and you're right, the game and, and, and what it was uh, that, that made it happen. So, well, Jack, thank you very much for coming uh, on to Draft Nation tonight. We appreciate that. And while we have a few minutes left, why don't you tell everybody where they can reach Blue Stable and where they can reach Jack Guiley? Yeah, of course. So first of all, the Blue Stable, just thebluestable.com. You can find all of our uh, podcasts and articles. Um, and if you want to reach out with any questions, uh, you can also contact us there. Uh, and then uh, I have a, a Twitter handle. Uh, it's just at Guiley underscore Jack, uh, my last name. I know it sounds weird. Uh, you spell it G-U-I-L-E-Y. Um, I don't have a ton of stuff I post on there, uh, but I might continue to get that following up, um, you know, as I uh, kind of get into this. So, yeah, uh, that that's my Twitter. That's where you can reach me. Uh, and then, of course, the Blue Stable, follow all of our work there. Uh, we have a lot of great writers that uh, work really hard to get stuff up. Cool. Well, Jack, thanks again for being on Draft Nation tonight, and thanks for Blue Stable for lending us your talent and your insight uh, for everything that's going on in Indianapolis. And for those of you that follow the, the Colts or that division, I think that uh, you should check out Blue Stable and uh, take a look at the stuff they post that gives you some real in-depth stuff, and that's how we met uh, in, uh, uh, in, in our passings. And again, I want to thank our sponsor, iHeartMedia where you can find all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all for free all of the time. And remember, while Draft Nation may be off the air, we are always on the clock for you. Jack, thanks again. Appreciate it, my friend. Come back anytime. And, and I hope uh, hope the calls pull it off this weekend.